Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week's episode of Performance Anxiety features a man who's been called the godfather of grunge. It's none other than Seattle's own Steve Turner. From his days in Green River with Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament, all the way to Mud Honey with Mark Arm, Dan Peters, Matt Lucan, and now Guy Madison, into his solo work, his tone and his sound is unmistakable. Without further ado... It's Performance Anxiety with Steve Turner. Hello there. I'm Steve Turner from the band Mudhoney, and you are listening to Performance Anxiety, and I have some right now. <laughs> so, all right, so I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you coming on and replying to a complete stranger online. That's fantastic. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been a fan for a while. I've been listening to you guys since I, I don't even got to, I'm not going to say the beginning because I came in, or I guess around 90, a buddy of mine was a big fan got me into you, into mud honey. And, um, I was looking at, at, that's pretty close to the beginning to be fair. That's yeah. pretty, that's pretty early. It, yeah. It's earlier than, than I guess a lot of people. And I, I was on the East Coast too. Yeah. So, you know, I was living in New Jersey at the time. We weren't getting everything from Seattle at that point. So, uh, you know, a couple of years later, everything from Seattle came up. But uh, no. it, it wasn't always easy what, to find. Wait, Trenton. Were you near Trenton, New Jersey? I was, yeah, I was, I was about like 40 minutes from Trenton. There was a real legendary club there. Oh, yeah. That think, was open already. I think, um, you know, I'm um, facing on its name though, but. Uh, Don Stewart worked there when he was a young man. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, my a good friend of mine um, named Ed is an enormous Mud Honey fan, and uh, back around yeah. '93 or '94, he found a, a video of Mud Honey in playing live in Trenton in that club. I don't yeah, remember exactly yeah. what year it was. I don't remember the club's name, but I remember watching the video. And what struck me was watching Mark Arm throw up on stage. Yeah, I've, I've seen that video. <laughs> <laughs> so the, that that's what really, that's one of the things that struck me most about that video. I thought that was that you know the guy comes out and throws up on stage. That's some dedication, man. That's awesome. Um, I think 
Maybe, was it called City Gardens or something like that? I think um, that might that might be it. But I was, I was looking at at the uh, just the sheer amount of bands you've been in, and it's it's pretty crazy. Uh-huh. I mean, we start off with Ducky Boys, Mister Epp and the Calculations, Limp Richards, Spluey Numa, Green River, <laughs> Mud Honey, which it's thirty years old this year. That's crazy. Grown Ups, yep. Monkey Ranch, Fallouts, and then your solo work. That's that's a yeah. lot of work, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, you even missed a few. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm sure I did. Uh, I, re- I read somewhere that uh, you'd left Green River because you didn't really think that it was going to be a, a, a commercially viable band. You, you thought that like uh, Stone and Jeff were in it, and, they, and you thought they had unrealistic expectations. Yeah, and and they just the basic thing was I was still really into punk and garage rock and stuff like that, and they were definitely veering more towards the metal side of the fence okay. when I quit. Um, that that era of Green River isn't really documented well because when I quit, they got Bruce on guitar and they right. totally changed their sound for the better. You know, like <laughs> my favorite record that Green River made for real is Dry as a Bone EP. You know, the first right. uh, and the seven inch. And uh, they, they fixed the problems, and, you know, clearly I was one. <laughs> well, and it's funny. Yeah, I, I thought they were nuts. Like, you know, Stone and Jeff thought they could make a living from music. And I was like, You're, you guys are kidding yourselves. <laughs> and again, I was wrong. <laughs> and, it, and you turn out to be doing the same thing. So uh, you're definitely wrong. So, um, yeah, uh, you, you said that you thought they got rid of the problem because it was you. But, you know, y- your sound is really unique. And uh, it, it's it's kind of funny because I'm I've been listening to Mud Honey and um, your solo stuff and Monkey Ranch. I can always tell when you're in the band. I can definitely hear the the Lee Stevens influence, the Blue Cheer influence. Oh, and, sure. and it was was your sound something that you you strove for? Or was it something that you just you did because of the equipment you could get at the time and it just kind of worked or how did that come about and, and stick with you? There was a bunch of things, you know, um, for one, I hadn't been playing guitar very long when I started playing in bands. Okay. You know, that was kind of the punk rock ethic. You just pick up instruments and say, okay, we're a band now. Let's go. Let's yes. do this. <laughs> and I had, you know, crappy gear, but a big, a big turning point was when I was in my first band, the Ducky boys, that was with stone. Okay. Um, I was complaining to a, a a buddy at work that I couldn't get a good guitar sound. Like, you know, it wasn't very dirty. And he asked me if I had a distortion box and I said, what's that? Uh, and he kind of <laughs> grinned. And the next day he gave me a super fuzz oh, uh, pedal, man. which is like the gnarliest fuzz box ever. And I plugged that in. And it was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that set me on my path. I think as far as, you know, wanting the dirtiest kind of guitar like that. So then I'd gravitate towards music that had that too, you know, okay. and blue cheer. What's actually a heavy buzzed out band and sixties oh, yeah. uh, garage stuff like even you know local stuff the Sonics and the Whalers that that kind of stuff you know the Seeds pushing hard that guitar sound there and I guess wasn't very you know I wasn't very skilled yet so it was pretty simple guitar playing your whole sound is kind of a DIY sound and and it's uh, that seems to cross over into into uh, a lot of uh, what you've done you know you've uh, not just your sound but uh, super electro records and and putting records out yourself. Um, are you a gearhead with, with your rig? Not, not at all. You okay. know, I, I use a simple, a simple fender amp, you know, either a super reverb, a twin or a hot rod DeVille. I play, I've got a couple of nice guild 
um, Firebird guitars that I really like, oh, you know, nice. um, and uh, you know, I still use a Big Muff a lot on a lot of stuff, you know, especially live. Um, the most exciting thing that I've added to my to my guitar gear, like live rig and stuff, was uh, because of Stone. You know, um, we're still really close friends, and I was staying at his house and had uh, Ibanez Tube Screamer sitting there. And I asked if I could borrow it. I'd never used one before. Right. I don't know. If, are you a guitar player? Yeah, uh, you um, can. Ca- I'm, I kind of feel like I'm. I'm, a, I'm like you. I or at least when you when you started. I don't know what I'm doing, but I yeah. really enjoy making the noise. Well, I'd never used a tube screamer because it didn't say either distortion or fuzz on it. I think I don't need that. <laughs> but um, it, 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 it's a great sounding box, and it kind of led me to some other totally different sounds to me, anyway, on the new record that we've recorded. Okay. So that that was pretty exciting for me. So uh, that, that's the latest revelation I've had. And it's such a standard mainstay of most rock guitar players. And, that I've never touched one. And that's crazy. Yeah. That uh, you've, I would have figured that that would have been in your, in your rig from the beginning. Um, and and you no, know, you've, no. you've, your first EP super fuzz, big muff. That's, that's the name of the pedals, but I figured, I always kind of figured uh, yeah. some of the other, other standbys would, would uh, make their way into your repertoire. Like uh, the only, no. the only I, mean, st- I was, I always collected, you know, 60s and 70s fuzz boxes, you know, I okay. had tons of those. They're just the, kind of the weird, obscure ones. That, that, that's something different, but I'm still, I rely on the Big Muff a lot still. Okay. I I use a Proco yeah. Rat. That's the first thing my da- my dad bought me a Porsche pedal, and I, that's uh-huh. that's the only thing I've ever had, an original yeah, Proco Rat. That's rat. They're great. Oh, you know, they're, they're really gnarly, too. They're oh. pretty high end, I remember. Um, in Mr. Epp, our bass player, Todd, used... Uh, a, a rat for his base. Oh time. wow! Yeah, that, yeah, and that sounded great. <laughs> and it, it's built like a tank. I mean, that that thing's not going to break at all. But <laughs> so let's we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Mud Honey. How did how did that come to be? The uh, Green River had broken up, and it, it seems like you do a lot of your work with Mark Arm. A lot of bands end up with with you and uh, Mark in almost it. all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a specific reason um, for that? Or? Hey, we get, can't friends? seem to escape each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're good friends, but there's a there's a real communication musically between us. I mean, as soon as I quit Green River, you know, he was really bummed. Alex was really bummed. You know, Jeff was a realist about it. Like, we were friends. But he's like, you know, like, I, you know, he didn't think it was the band for me to be in anyway. You know, I didn't either at that point. So, you know, we were good. Like, he wasn't bummed out about it at all. He was like, yeah, they the first thing I said was get Bruce in the band, you know, because Bruce was their buddy and our buddy and everything. Like he's he should be playing guitar with you guys. Oh man! Uh, anyway, um, a few months after I quit Green River, I I joined the Throne Ups, which was some other friends of ours. And literally, like it felt like days after I joined the band, Mark was suddenly in that band playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were like, like okay, you guys like magnetically attracted <laughs> to each other. Yeah, that that was that would have been our fourth band together already you know in the last and that was really fun because i was playing guitar and he was playing drums and we just really communicated well you know and he was still doing green river as soon as green river broke up he called me that night it was halloween i think green river broke up let's do another band (laughs) (laughs) immediately i was like sure i'll drop out of college (laughs) (laughs) why not you can always go back right well yeah and that's that's what we did the one one of the things i've always liked about mud honey is the sense of humor that comes through in the music and it seems like a lot of bands in that era, I don't, I don't know if they didn't have it or once they kind of started gaining a little momentum, a little popularity, they, maybe they lost it. But I, don't, I can't think of an, a single album from Mudhoney where there wasn't one song that I thought, that, is, that, that song is great. That, that's, that song's hilarious. 
even the even the album titles like my brother the cow um it, they're just you guys just always seem to be having a lot of fun whereas a lot of bands in that era were not having fun yeah is that is that a well, mark yeah, i mean we were having fun playing music and stuff and mark's got a real you know sarcastic sense of humor right you know and like that comes through in his lyrics obviously and it, it always <laughs> has since uh you know i don't think he's changed that much um i mean there was dark periods in you know our world and stuff like that right but i mean the music was always an escape hope when i perceived as clowns i mean we might (laughs) (laughs) you know just i would say you guys you you look like a a group of guys on stage just having a great time just enjoying the moment yeah and and every i I saw the monkey wrench live or not the wrong monkey wrench uh blood loss live at brownies in new york city uh mid nineties. Yeah. And that was one of the most fun shows I've ever been to. It was, it was hilarious. Oh, Be- cool. Before the show, I'm sitting outside, had a couple drinks and Mark walks by and he starts talking to me. And I just thought, man, that's really <laughs> cool. You know, here's a guy who I think is rock star kind of a guy. I, I, I get the feeling he, ne- he and, and you never really looked at yourselves that way, but a lot of, a lot of the guys listening yeah. to you definitely did. And here we are sitting outside of a, of a bar in New York, just, just, talking music and I thought that was really awesome so that that's one of the things I always loved about yeah, you yeah, guys and your music cool. worked with some really really cool people and let me look at my list here because I wrote a bunch of these guys down um all right yeah. so you you toured and and worked with Sonic Youth um yeah Jim Dickinson who worked with the Rolling Stones you got a chance to work with Chris Farley yeah. um Sir Mix-a-Lot <laughs> I mean I wonder how did uh-huh. how does okay Judgment Night the soundtrack to Judgment Night. You guys play a song, uh, Freak Mama, with Sir Mix a lot. How, right. how the hell did that happen? We were supposed to do it with um, a different rap group. Like I was never <laughs> a real versed in that in that music. You know, there's right. some things I think are awesome. And it's, but it's just not really something I'm going to put on and listen to. Right, right. But it was some other band that we were supposed to do it with. I hate to get it wrong, but maybe it was Funk Dubious. Okay. But anyway, but to see, the problem is them. they got, yeah, they got held up at the Canadian border on the way to Seattle. <laughs> oh, jeez. And they, something like that. And they, and uh, kind of a last minute suggestion, but what about Sir Mix-a-Lot? You know, he lives in Seattle and, uh, you know, he was up for it. So we, uh, we had this idea for a song, and he came to our practice place with a little tiny digital recorder okay. and listened to some of the riffs we had and recorded them, just like on this handheld thing, Yeah. and went home and arranged a song. And we put back up, I don't know, maybe a week later at a studio, and he taught us the song, basically. Like he said, <laughs> you know, play this, play this riff this many times, that riff this many times, oh. I'll sing here, and then you got the break, and... You know, and he arranged it really quickly, and it was we did it live, basically. You know, taught us the arrangement of our of our musical ideas. You know, right, right. So he basically live sampled it, and then wrote you know the lyrics, and then we did it in a day. It was awesome. I mean, you know, he's a Seattle right. guy, Sir Mix a Lot. You know, right, right, yeah. He's a, a kind of a local hero. Yeah, that's fantastic. And see, and uh, no idea that that was kind of a spur of the moment thing. It doesn't sound like it. That's for sure. It was it, pretty it's- spur of the moment. It's uh, it's one of my favorite tracks off Judgment Night. It, it's hilarious. It, it it's one of those songs that just kind of makes you smile. It's because uh, you know who Sir Mix a Lot is. It's such so. a weird mix. Yeah, and and it's like kind of a garage rock riff with 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it, it it's one of those it things. That, yeah, it's one, it's I love one of those, it too. You, you look at the, 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 the groupings on some of the albums, you go, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. Helmet and House of Pain, Faith No More, Booyah Tribe. Okay, those guys make sense. And, and I, I saw like, what audience? I got to hear that. <laughs> that's going to be crazy. So that's, um, how did you guys get in, involved in Black Sheep with Chris Farley? Uh, you know, that was when we were on Warner Brothers Records and re- Reprise. Right. And uh, that was just an offer that came in. We just filmed it for one day. You know, it was just a one day of filming. It was impressive to watch Chris Farley because he did that scene, like several different takes of him coming out onto the stage and, you know, and falling yeah. around. He did it completely differently every time he did it. Really? That was pretty great to watch and he was working hard he was just sweating and <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he was an improv master you know it's it, yeah, yeah. It, i can only and and i've i've taken a couple improv classes which is kind of what led me to doing shows like this and uh it, it he's he's one of the guys you you sit there and you look at and you go he just oozes improv i'm, I'm just it must have been amazing to, to work with him even if even for such a short period of time so um, yeah it was very short you know like but it was it was you know, fascinating and, you know, you, you know, talent when you see it, I think, you know, like the yeah. guy was amazing. I was reading some, oh, preparing for the show, I was reading some quick bios and some reviews uh, of, of the early Mud Honey stuff and trying to put myself back in that time. So like 88 or so, um, hair metal was huge, especially where I was at in Jersey. Back when, when Super Fuzz Big Muff came out, the first EP it was a complete 180 from everything I'd been listening to. It was, um, and I guess the best way to describe it is super, just super fuzzy and sloppy. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I loved it. I, I loved it. it. It's, I guess maybe it was what, what uh, some of the punk bands had done for you. It made me want to play my guitar. And, uh, right. w- was that sound intentional? Was that, I mean, was it, uh, based, uh, you'd mentioned that, you know, you weren't, you were new to playing guitar yourself, but, was it uh, a desire to, to be something different than you were hearing on the radio or was it? Well, at that point we'd had several years of playing in bands, you know, mm-hmm. and I never listened to the radio anyway. Like <laughs> the radio, the pop music world didn't matter at all to us coming from the punk scene and the punk scene had kind of started to mutate. Cause like we were tired of hardcore basically. Okay. You know, it was kind of a dead end as far as I was concerned. And uh, so we were hearing different things like, Luke Shear, Alice Cooper, yeah. you know, Black Sabbath, of course, you know, um, some of the underground American bands. Yeah, Stooges, obviously. Yeah. Um, the underground U.S. stuff like Dinosaur and Sonic Youth, Killdozer, Big Black, Butthole Surfers, you know, the way Black Flag and all the SST bands kind of started evolving. Right, right. It was just it was part of that continuum, I think. You know, we thought we were a punk band, but we were a punk band that had me oh man and mark who was obsessed with the stooges yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and on and on so um you know it was just trying to make a, a big mess and like get loose and get fucked up does it ever uh, hit you that you influenced a ton of bands well i don't hear too many bands that i think we've influenced i hear fellow travelers sometime like in you know back to new jersey um when we about what year would it have been? Ninety. We played, uh, or we met some of Monster Magnet. I'm not. I don't think we actually played with Monster Magnet, okay, but yeah. early Monster Magnet. Right, right. And they had a couple singles, and I'd already had those first two singles, and I knew. Yeah, yeah. They listen to the same stuff we yeah. do. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, twenty five like, tabs, you know? Spine of God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. that stuff. Yeah, 
it's like so amazing. But but I was like, you know, I didn't feel like we had influenced them or they had influenced us. It was just like, yeah, we're like old punk kids that. So I I, I heard fellow travelers. I never heard anyone that I thought was that influenced by it. I think people might be influenced by the idea of us, you know, but I don't hear anyone ripping up. But you could because <laughs> we rip people off. <laughs> Everyone rips people off. Well, yeah, That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know it, it's true because I, your your sound is still very unique you know, compared to everything that's out there. So you throw on Mud Honey right now, and and if you know who Mud Honey is, you're going to know it. And if you don't know who Mud Honey is, you're going to say that's that is the fuzziest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. What is it? You've done some solo work. What what made you get into doing solo albums? Um, well, I've always been totally into like folk music and singer songwriter stuff. That kind of was an out outgrowing of being just into garage and folk rock stuff. Kind of led me to led me. I mean, obviously Bob Dylan, but then kind of the children of Bob Dylan, <laughs> the people that the East Village folk scene of the late fifties, early sixties okay, was yeah. a huge influence on me. Okay. Yeah, Phil and Oates then some amazing. of the people that were influenced by that, like Towns Van Zandt and I Clark kind of gravitated to that as well. Okay. And, um, so I always liked that stuff and Mud Honey wasn't doing very much. And I decided to try to learn how to sing and play guitar living by myself for the first time in a while. And, uh, I guess told myself I'd wake up at 7am every morning and try to sing and play guitar and write songs for an hour before going to work. A stupid car mine broke down again. I'm in a beat up borrowed white Chevy minivan. Oh. <laughs> See, and that, it's funny because I, that's something I don't think a whole lot of people can do. I can't do it. I've tried it for some reason. I tried yeah. it and I, I can't, I don't have the coordination to do it. It's, it's impressive. Yeah, it's, it, it was, it, I didn't think I did either, but I, you know, just kind of started trying to actually do it and actually, you know, singing. It kind of started coming together, kind of like the way you learn how to play drums. It's like disconnected parts of your body, but, you know, parts of your mind are controlling them. It, it came together and it was really exciting and fun. And I didn't think I was going to do anything with it, you know, but it was just really like, wow, I, I can't believe it. I can actually do this, <laughs> sort of. So, <laughs> so when, you, when you go out and, and play out a lot or... Do people know what they're what they're getting? Because you, your solo sound is a lot different from Mud Honey, and you can definitely tell it's you playing the guitar. But the sound is is more of like, like a, a maybe like a blue cheer meets the Burrito Brothers. <laughs> that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really do it. I, I haven't done it lately, to be honest. Okay, you know, I um, that that was like a time in my life when I was single. I didn't have kids yet, uh, and you know, it, the process. I can't be in a house with other people and be trying to write a song. It's really difficult. It's like, it's kind of humiliating in a way because it's awful. I can first. understand that. Yeah. And it takes a while before it's not awful, you know? <laughs> and so it's, it's really hard. The process was, I need a lot of privacy. <laughs> I need a house to myself okay. for like months. And so I, and plus Mud Honey got kind of busier again and I got a lot busier. So in, in, in 2000, Matt Lucan left. And right. uh, you guys picked uh, your bassist, and and I swear I've known this band for a long time, but the, the name kills me. I can I can never say it without laughing. <laughs> but you picked uh, Guy <laughs> Madison from Lubricated Goat. And yeah, did you guys? I, I mean, you guys had worked with him through the Monkey Wrench and Blood Loss, right? He'd been in Blood Loss, and we'd done some. We'd known him for a long time. Like we'd met Lubricated Goat when they first came to Seattle in 1989. Okay. And uh, became 
I mean, we loved lubricated goat. So That's, I'm yeah. going to isolate that yeah, sound right there. <laughs> I'm going to isolate I love lubricated goat. It's a great name. It is. Like, their first album is called Lubricated Goat Plays the Devil's Music. Oh my god! And it's like just a genius. That Guy's is... not on that one, unfortunately. Oh, but uh, but, it, but uh, you know, it, we you know when Matt left, we weren't sure we were going to do anything. We took a solid year off. We didn't do anything for a year. We put together the triple album best of Mark and I, uh, second Monkey Wrench. Practice and like, okay, let's not even think about mud hunting. Let's just not even worry. And uh, you know, eventually, we, we three of us without Matt got together, and we were trying to think like what we could do. You know, well, maybe we could just you know kind of record some stuff. The three of us, you know, trip down mud honey or something. You know, because I've been playing bass all year, so I was like, I'm pretty good on the bass right now. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we could overdub stuff, you know, we could at least do some recordings and, you know, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, but eventually we were offered to go to Brazil. So we actually got a, another friend, Steve Dukic, to join on bass for, for a few weeks. That kind of got us back playing a little bit, you know, and it was great, you know. He, he actually roadied for us back in the early 90s for a tour. Wow. <laughs> so he was a fellow traveler. But then, you know, Mark, the only other person that, we had thought of was guy, but, but guy was really busy in nursing. A few months later, he don't want, I don't want to say agreed to, you know, join the band, but he, he, I started teaching him songs. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So so you're kind of being a little uh, sneaky. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we just, we got him and had to be some old friend guys, an amazing bass player and a great fit. And he's a nurse, which really helps as we get older, (laughs) as we have health issues, we ask him, and he advises us on our health issues. <laughs> See, and then you guys don't have to spend the money on that. You, you guys have your own in-house exactly. medical advice. It's working out great for you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. No, he's, he's amazing. I mean, at this point, he's been in the band longer than, than Matt was, which is pretty oh, Crazy, and I didn't even realize that. Like, kind of, kind of a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, because Monday was 88, and Matt yeah. left in, what, 2000? I can't remember exactly. Like I want to say ninety nine, but okay. he came back and we did like a reunion. But he just, I mean, he was just tired of playing music. You know, he, he hasn't played music since. Oh really? You know, he was just, just kind of over it. What's yeah. he doing now? Was before we started a carpenter and cabinet maker, and he still is. It's some, very uh, talented, like yeah, playable. Yeah, well, they, they, <laughs> he has a skill. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Get some original Lucan cabinetry or something. That'd be fantastic. Does get some work through the rock and roll connection still, for sure. Yeah. I, I know a bunch of people who would love to have something in their house, an, a, a Matt Luke and original. I know a lot of people who would pay money for that. Cabinets? Yeah. Have them redo your kitchen? <laughs> yeah. Man, anything. Build yeah. a table, something, anything. Just as long yeah. as it, yeah. it's a Luke and original, they'll be thrilled. What <laughs> What's in store for Mud Honey for the future? Um, we're starting to play a few shows right now. Like uh, We just re-, re- we haven't toured for two years right now because okay. we've been trying to get together. We usually tour in the summer. We usually go to Europe for a month, but we're not doing it this year. We're playing the um, the Burger Boogaloo concert in Oakland on June 30th. Okay. Coming up real soon. That's a two-day fest down there from Burger Records, which is okay. Evo and the Dam, the Spits, the Mummies, all sorts of rad stuff are playing. Oh, it. cool. Well, that, make, that, that makes so a little we, more sense now. We're playing the Sub Pop 30th. Sub Pop yes. 30th anniversary party. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody in my kitchen just dropped something. So that's all right. Okay, I was like, what was that? <laughs> I think it may have been the dog or my son who's just peeking his head through the door now. 
Uh, so now I lost my train of thought. Um, okay. Well, we're, we're playing the Sub Pop 30th Anniversary Fest. Oh, that's right. That's in right. August. Yeah. Okay. And then we're 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 going to tour Europe for a month in November. Okay. So and you, play a few other uh, other shows. You know, um, we have a new record coming out. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Uh, well, this will be out before that, so that'll that'll be good. We'll get you hopefully get a few people aware that's coming out and uh, get get maybe get some pre orders going in for you. I want I want to ask you one or two more things before I let you go. Uh, the the name Mud Honey. I, I'd heard a story that that uh, and I'm familiar with the Russ Myers movie, uh, but I heard that you guys yeah. had, didn't see the Russ Myers movie before you named the band Mud Honey. So I was just wondering. W- no, we hadn't. Was it, yeah. was it just the name was hilarious, or what? What, what yeah. is it about Mud Honey? Mark, Mark thought the name was cool. Mark thought the name was kind of cool, and I did too when he suggested. I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool, you know. Um, I was really into blue cheer and shit like that at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking like, that sounds like kind of dirty hippies in the mud, yeah. like, you know, Woodstock <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> you know? yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, and we liked the idea that it was connected to Russ Meyer because the few of his movies that I'd seen were amazing, you know, mm. beyond the Valley of the dolls. Right. So, and, yeah. and I should say the immortal Mr. T's. That was always one of my favorites. I don't think I've seen, that, seen one. that one. No, no. It's an early one. It's an early, like, super nudie cutie one, you know, uh, Earl Mr. Tease. I'll have to check that one <laughs> it's, out. <laughs> it's almost like a silent movie. Yeah, oh, it's wow. Really good. <laughs> oh. All right. And, and bef- before we wrap this up, is there anything that, you, that you're listening to that would surprise me? You can tell some of your influences, and you've t- given us a few, but besides Blue Cheer, Phil Oaks, Dylan, is there anything that uh, if I pulled up out your record collection, I'd like, I would not imagine Steve Turner listening to this? I've actually been listening to a lot of hardcore and uh, thrash metal lately. Really? Like, uh... Yeah. Well, okay. I, I, I work at uh, Cascade Record Pressing, which is a factory that makes records, right? Okay. And a lot of my coworkers are really into thrash metal and stuff. Okay. So they, we listen to a lot of like Sepultura and Poison Idea. Oh, yeah. All sorts of crap I don't even know the names of. But I, I, I like a lot of it because it's just like it's just crazy. It's like nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> so insane. Well, see, yeah. I really want to thank you for coming on. How If anybody listening to this wants to uh, follow you, can they, are you on any social media? Um, can they follow you, your solo work, Mudhoney? I'm, I'm on Instagram as Steve's Bad Ideas. I think Mudhoney's got Bad a, Ideas on Instagram. Like, I'm not sure how the, those things work, but I'm on there. I put things up. Records I buy, you know. Excellent. Well, I'll definitely follow you here. Um, I'll get the show's account to follow you. I think Mud Honey's on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Mud Honey's also on Instagram, like, but we don't run that stuff. Like, I'm not on Twitter, um, but I'm definitely on Instagram and Facebook. Well, I I found you through Facebook, which is, uh, again, I appreciate you agreeing to speak with a complete stranger through Facebook. So that was fantastic. Thank you so much. Sure. And uh, no troubles, Steve Turner. Thank you for coming on Performance Anxiety, and good luck with the tours. Good luck with the new album, and uh, we'll do everything we can to let people know it's out there. All right, thank you, Performance Anxiety. So, right, I don't know what the problem. I'd be on my end. I don't, it's on my end. No, it's, it's, it's on my end. You know, it's telling me to change my, my, you know, internet. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs>
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 